Hey, everybody. If you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at uh, Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about, uh, I don't know, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever, whatever your question may be. Uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections? Uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. Welcome back to Alabama Politics This Week with Josh Moon. And of course, I'm David Person. And Josh and I have, uh, I think we have uh, been heating it up uh, for this, uh, you know, during the first segment of the podcast. Now we're going to cool down a little bit and bring in some rational voices and minds, you know, because, you know, Josh and I get worked up. We just, yeah, we get worked happens. up. We're, at, we're out of control most of the time, but these, these two gentlemen are not, and they are representing the fine organization faith in action, Alabama. We've got Daniel Schwartz, the executive director of that fine organization, and also Jay Gregory Clark, who is uh, is with uh, Daniel, and we've got them on to talk about SB 118, uh, and a very important Senate bill that uh, Faith in Action Alabama is championing. And uh, Jay Gregory, I think, has a personal story to share that connects to that bill and the importance of it. So, Daniel, Jay Gregory, welcome to Alabama Politics this week. Well, thank you so much, David. Thank you for having us. Good to have you on. So, Daniel, uh, why don't we start with you just telling folks a little bit about, for those who may not know, uh, Faith Faith, uh, in Action Alabama is, I think, one of the most important organizations in our state. But there are people who may not know who you are and what you do. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, David, again, thank you so much for for inviting us to to participate. Josh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Faith in Action Alabama is a faith-based community organizing organization. Um, our mission is to honor God by dismantling systemic racism to create pathways of opportunity for all Alabamians. And our focus is on helping to, to build grassroots power so folks at the grassroots level can um, advocate for policies and be architects of policies instead of objects of them. And so we are in, we have over 40 congregations that are involved with our work in um, Huntsville, Birmingham, Montgomery, and Mobile. We move local work as well as state campaigns. So we're here to talk a little bit about our state campaigns today. Um, just, just some of our work locally, um, our grassroots volunteers over the last several years moved a campaign to help create a public defender's office in Mobile County. So again, this is how grassroots power, they were listening to the community, we were listening to the community, and then this, after a lot of work, our, our volunteers were able to able to secure this. and. In Birmingham, um, we played a, a key role in, in leading uh, UAB Hospital to uh, implement or beginning to implement a proven anti-gun violence strategy. Um, and Jay Gregory, who's our uh, uh, voter rights restoration campaign committee organizer, has been playing a really the lead, the the lead role on, on on our staff in terms of moving our work. Because of the name, a lot of people may automatically assume that faith 
uh, is referring to just the Christian faith. Faith in Action Alabama covers more than just Christian denominations, correct? Correct. We're a, we're a multi-faith, multi-racial organization. So the, the Jewish community, the Christian community, the Muslim community, Baha'i, Christian, et cetera, are, are part of our organization. And we also consist of uh, folks in the, in the, in the African-American community, in the white community. Uh, yeah, those are, those are the core constituencies. But we're about uh, 80% African-American in terms of our volunteer base, 20% white or so. Right. I don't know how y'all get anything done without hating somebody. I just don't, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I have enough baggage as it, as it is. So I, I, I realize that whatever I say is going to certainly come back at me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hate, hate seems to be the preferred motif these days, but, uh, but then again, we're getting away from that. Hopefully uh, yes. uh, shout out by the way to uh, Stephanie strong, my friend, Stephanie strong, who is the, the organizer for Huntsville in North Alabama, very dynamic person has been doing a marvelous job up here for you guys, Daniel. So now let's talk about SB 118 and Jay Gregory, maybe you want to jump in here. Tell us about SB 118 and why this is an important piece of legislation. Well, SB 118 makes it easier for formerly incarcerated individuals to vote. It's important because there are people like me who have been incarcerated, uh, completed their sentence, come home, uh, begun to contribute to our community, and we yet we still don't have a voice in governmental affairs or the way that business is transacted in our community. I've been working with Faith in Action uh, since my release from prison in 2017. I began working on the anti-gun violence campaign. But of course, you know, last year there was a big get out the vote for the general election and different uh, uh, hubs of Faith in Action were working on that campaign. And I was involved in that as well. I got my children involved because I felt that it was important for them to understand the value of citizenship. Um, While working at one of our get out the vote uh, rallies, uh, my daughter asked me the question who who I was going to vote for. And I had to share with her that I can't vote. And I cannot explain to you the look on her face when she knew what I had been doing since I'd been home in terms of civic engagement, in terms of working in the community, trying to uh, improve our community. She knew how important it was, you know, that I had shared with her that she should vote when she becomes voting age. And so when I told her that I couldn't, the confusion on her face was was heart stopping, just to be honest. We began to take a deeper look into what it would take for people like me, people who uh, have served their time and are contributing members of society to restore their right to vote. And we had a bill drafted. We had this piece of legislation drafted, which primarily accomplishes two things. It reduces the financial roadblocks for people like me to vote. Right now, Alabama law says that all fees, fines, court costs, restitution, all of that must be paid uh, after completion of sentence in order for someone even to be eligible to get a, to register to vote. Well, our position is that uh, victims' restitution must be paid. We agree with that. But court costs, fees, and fines should not be a, a roadblock to someone voting. Uh, it's not like letting them vote is going to nullify the, the, the debt. 
they will still owe the debt. They will simply be able to, to vote while they pay it off. And so that's one thing that SB 118 accomplishes. The other thing that it accomplishes is uh, that it asks the Secretary of State to notify those who have become eligible to vote that they are eligible to vote, which is not something that uh, the state is doing right now. And there's a lot of miseducation out there about who is eligible to vote and who is not. Uh, a lot of people who have felonies believe that just because they have a felony, they can't vote. When the truth of, of, of it is that according to Alabama law, there, there's a list of disqualifying convictions. And if you haven't uh, been convicted of one of those crimes, then you're eligible. So we ask that the state notify those who have become eligible in our bill. And we don't feel like these are unreasonable uh, requests, David. We feel like these are very reasonable. And we've gotten some bipartisan support along the way. We had a lot of success last legislative session, but COVID-19 sort of suspended the session and, uh, and, and, and pushed our bill to the, to the bat. We've come back this year and made it out of the Senate Judiciary Committee again. And our bill is currently on the Senate floor being debated. We feel very strongly that we will gain support for our bill because again, we're not asking for anything unreasonable. The bottom line, David, is that anyone who has completed their sentence and is contributing to society deserves to have a voice in what's going on in their communities. It's really just that simple. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I sit in on the, um, uh, the panel uh, a few years ago with, uh, with John Merrill and uh, they had some lawmakers and they had uh, the DA uh, organization, I believe. Is that uh, Matson? Is that who that is still? Barry Matson? Uh, and, uh, you know, and, uh, I'll, I'll say this, uh, for, at least for, for Merrill's point on the thing, I think I felt like he was willing to do more than, than they were on the, on the committee and several lawmakers were as well, uh, who were on there. Um, but y'all, you got the pushback from the DAs who always want the punitive action and they want to be able to hang their hats on, you know, oh, we punished these criminals and we did this and we did that. But there, there was never a good explanation, uh, that I heard for, why fees from court are tied to a, a constitutional right to vote. If you've served your time and you are free and clear of the system, except for these these fees, and I understand exactly what you're saying about the Victims Restitution Fund. I think that's part of the punishment that comes with the, with the crime. But the the court fees, and especially the court fees in this state, are excessive to the point of 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 absurdity. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of judges that would be on your side if you made that argument with that because they're tired of handing out these fees. Um, I guess, how willing do you feel like, or have you approached the, the DAs or the judges or anybody on the law enforcement side of this that are always the obstacles to this type of, of legislation moving forward? We have actually had several uh, positive conversations with the uh, law enforcement and former law enforcement. Uh, we've We've talked to the Jefferson County DA about this bill. We've talked with the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department about this bill. Uh, we've talked with the Speaker of the House, uh, McCutcheon, Speaker McCutcheon, uh, who is former, who was retired law enforcement. And he seemed uh, very open uh, to reviewing our bill and, and giving it some real consideration. Uh, I made to him the same points I made to you, and, and he seemed to feel like they were not unreasonable. Uh, uh, we've also gained, as I mentioned before, bipartisan support in the Senate. Uh, former Senator Cam Ward uh, 
championed our bill last legislative session before his his move over to the Board of Pardons and Paroles. And and many of you may know he is a, a, a conservative uh, senator. But um, because we're not asking for anything unreasonable, I, I think that we'll we'll have continue to have uh, positive conversations uh, with law enforcement. Because when you think about it, uh, Josh, the best way to integrate someone into a society is to make them feel that they are fully a citizen. And so long as they don't feel that they're fully a citizen, then it's more likely that they will revert back to heinous acts that, that defy, you know, the social structure. So, so we want to be as inclusive as possible. We want to say, hey, if you're out here and you're contributing to society, you're raising your family, uh, you know, you're paying taxes, whatever, then come be a part of the social justice system, you know, please. Because the more included you feel, the more likely you are to continue to build our community. You know, I think something that, um, well, a couple of things that, that Jay just said um, that are really important is one is uh, through through the work of the State Senate Judiciary Committee, this bill was passed on a, on a nine to one vote. So you're talking strong bipartisan support in the State Senate Judiciary Committee. Um, I think also getting back to what Jay Gregory was, was saying, um, it's so important that that we are welcoming people back into our welcoming welcoming people back into our community. You know, David, you were asking. You know, when we say faith in action, Alabama, we're talking right. across faith lines. We're talking Christians, Jews, Muslims, Baha'i, uh, etc. All of our faiths are about second chances, and that's really what you know, what what we are focused on. You know, and we're also talking about a fairly large segment of our population that's impacted. Over 8% of Alabamians cannot vote. Voting age Alabamians cannot vote because of uh, particular felony convictions. You know, this, this bill that we're trying to put forward is looking is really based on honoring that faith value of second chances and trying to strengthen democracy here, here in Alabama. We are a stronger community the more of us that can actually vote. Um, and I think we just another thing to, to look at, of course. This is all impacted by our, our criminal justice system. And we have the fifth highest mass incarceration, uh, incarceration rate in the country. You know, mass incarceration is one of the greatest threats to democracy here, here in Alabama and throughout the country. Yeah. It, you know, I, I was going to say, I, I, I feel like, um, you know, when, when you look at this and you see what happened in Florida, uh, for example, um, so much of it is not based on right and wrong. Uh, you know, so so much, so many people know what's right. They they know what's right here. They know the arguments that y'all are making. They're one hundred percent accurate. They can't really argue. But it breaks down on on race and politics. Uh, you know, I, and I think more so race to get to politics than anything else. Uh, just just because they believe that the mass incarceration has happened mostly in the African American community, and the African American community it votes Democrat. Most of the time, although I, I will say we've sent enough Republicans to jail here lately that maybe they're starting to change their thinking. Uh, but um, it's not quite uh, enough, I'll, not quite enough, right. uh, Josh. But we're we've started. We're off to a good start, yeah, yeah. at yeah, least we, in Alabama, we, anyway. Yeah, if we, if we just worked on lawmakers, uh, we, you know, we would, uh, <laughs> maybe you should include that in the bill. If you're a former Republican lawmaker, you can also get, receive your right back to vote. It probably sail through. Uh, but I, how do you? How do you overcome that? I mean, how, how do you 
How do you get past just the purely political nature of what this is? Well, and I think Jay, Jay Greg and I were very involved with this last year, and I'd love to, in a moment maybe, for Jay to talk even more about this. But what I have seen is when grassroots folks go in to engage legislators without coming in with all these different types of credentials, but, but regular folks sitting with legislators and being able to talk about this issue and then when someone like Jay Gregory is able to share his story, this, 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 this becomes real. And that's, that's the power of grassroots organizing is when you're getting regular folk to be engaging legislators or the governor um, or city officials. This is, this is, this is the power. And I, maybe I'll, I'll turn over to Jay because he, he's done some really powerful work with, with volunteers around this issue. And, and I might add, Josh, that at the end of the day, we're all regular folk. Every yeah. one of us needs a little great. Every one of us needs forgiveness. Every one of us needs another chance. Uh, mm-hmm. even, even the Republicans that we've been sending to prison, they, they need another chance <laughs> right about now. If you insist, if you insist. <laughs> when, when you make that point that we all need a little grace, we all need a little mercy, it, it becomes universal. It, 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 you know, we can get beyond the politics when we begin to address the needs of the people. And the needs of the people are that they have a voice in their in the community that they work so hard for. Anyone who's contributing, and, and that's all we're asking, is that anyone who's on the street contributing to society, if, if, if you're out in the community and you're contributing, you should have a voice. You're a member of our, you're a citizen. And we, we want to be treated as citizens. Jay, I'd like for you to talk a little bit about uh, just your story. Because as I listen to you, Jay, and as I look at you here on Zoom, I realize that you don't fit the stereotype that I think has been conjured up and promulgated by a lot of people about, uh, well, black men generally, and then specifically uh, black men who have been incarcerated. Uh, Tell us your story, man. I'd like to know. David, I, I, I... Am am educated, you know. I went to school. Uh, I, I did finish uh, my high school diploma and have have some college education. Uh, but I got involved in substance abuse in my early adult life, and it was horrible. I, I don't know any other way to say it. I, I you know, my God delivered me from. Uh, something that I can't even comprehend, to just be honest with you. And it, it, and it changed me. It made me a more uh, violent person. It made me a more unreasonable person. Uh, my struggles and my addiction uh, led me to do some things that I, to this day I regret. Not just me, but it hurt everyone around me. When I came to grips with uh, what that was in my life, and I found the power to overcome it, you know, through my faith, it was at that point that I began to understand what it meant to give back to a community. All the years that I was free before incarceration, I had not really given back to my community. It wasn't, David, until I went to prison that I really understood uh, what it meant to give to your community, even under uh, the worst circumstances, even behind incredible odds, even behind enemy lines, as, as, <laughs> you know, as they would say, because there were some of us 
who would pray and preach and give and share and teach regardless of who was listening and, and, and what was said about us. And it was there that I really saw the power of God work. So when I came home, uh, Josh, it was important for me to get to know my neighbors. It was important for me to uh, contribute something to my community so that I would add value to the place where I live. I live in West End. I live in the West End of Birmingham City. Uh, it, it, it's got one of the highest murder rates in the country. But I would walk the streets at night uh, with like-minded people trying to influence our community for good. And it worked. We saw changes. We saw dope houses shut down. We saw uh, people, uh, uh, people's lives transformed. We, we saw someone who was going to commit suicide turn 180 degrees in the other direction and is now volunteering at a soup kitchen feeding other people. I mean, these are the places where we are able to witness the power of God, but it only happens, it only happens when we have a chance to do that. So as I needed another chance, I've made it my business to try to find ways to allow other people to have those same chances, because that's what it's going to take for us to make the world what we want it to be and not just what we see every day. So with the uh, assuming that SB 118 passes, will you personally then be able to vote at some point following that passage? Not, not necessarily. Uh, I do have, uh, I do have serious convictions and, and there is a process. Uh, we have not, uh, ask for uh, everything that it would take to, he to help someone like me vote, but we've gotten a good start. And, and, and we've gotten a foothold for enough people like me that it can make a difference in our communities. One thing you got to remember is that the only people who are going to vote are those who want to vote. So, so just because you change the law, doesn't mean you all of a sudden empower X many people, you know, X group of people. It's only going to be those who really want to contribute to their society, who really want to have a say in, in the way things are going. So, so um, you know, for someone like me, it may be a process, but it's a process that I'm willing to see through to the end. Well, I think it's, uh, I mean, the whole thing is, is, is fantastic. Uh, I mean, you know, just to, the, the, the move back to this, because you're right, the, there's no better way to get people um, focused in community, uh, community work and, and being uh, contributors to their community than through uh, civic engagement like this. And, uh, you know, is that, is that particular piece does does that resonate well with with the lawmakers? Does that do, when, when you talk to them and, and talk about this as being a reform, uh, a part of the reform? Does that resonate well with them? Yes, yes, it does, Josh. I think when we're talking about this, is about strengthening community. This is about if people if people are being welcomed into into their community, we're making it less likely that folks who are for, that that have been involved in the criminal justice system are going to recidivate. Um, so this this is this is a tool to help reduce crime, uh, to reduce recidivism, um, and it's again to strengthen our own our own democracy. The more folks that can that can vote, the better. We also know, know that more people who are 
low income across race lines are going to get trapped in our criminal justice system. I'm very fortunate. I, I have, I have, I've lived with comfort because of because of my family and because of privilege that I have. Um, there's that there gives that gives me a great cushion. There's many people across race lines that that don't have that, and it just it, it, it creates scenarios that make it more likely they're going to get they're going to get ensnared in the criminal justice system, which then leads them to lose their vote. So we we end up getting close to means testing votes, and we and we and we should not be doing that. Um, and what we're really looking to do is again. This is about second chances. Someone, someone like Jay Gregory, someone like Carmone Owens, and others that that we work with, who are who are who, who are out in the community. You know, if they're if 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 we we should be welcoming these individuals back, going to make us a better a better state. Yeah, yeah, and would and would encourage many more. Uh, you know, would it would encourage so much more of that, and and probably, I mean, you know, honestly, if you have. Uh, if you have somebody like uh, like Jay Gregory out, you know, walking the streets at night and and engaged in that, how many how many people is that preventing from winding up in the in the criminal justice system? You know, I mean, this it's a whole cycle uh, at this point, and and it, it's a shame. I hope it doesn't get broken down into politics. Uh, you know, like so many things do. I, I guess I would also just like people who are listening to this podcast. Please call your please call your state senators right now. That the vote could happen at any moment. Be, the debate started a couple couple days ago on the floor, and we're not clear when the vote will happen. But please call your state senators. Your your states. Let me be clear. Your state senators who serve in the in the state legislature. We're not talking about senators Shelby or Tuberville. That we want people to contact their state senators to support. Please ask them to support Senate Bill One Eighteen. That's great. This is great. Uh, I just want to, uh, Jay Gregory, I want to say to you personally, man, um, I'm very familiar with addiction. Very familiar. Uh, I've got uh, a history of, uh, there's a history of addiction in both sides of my family. And uh, in fact, one of my cousins and one of my uncles uh, uh, both uh, fell prey to crack addiction. Um, and both were prior to that, both had been very successful people. Uh, in fact, my cousin had, uh, an honorable service, uh, in the, uh, in the military. My uncle had been, a uh, doing, a a business, had a business and had been successful with his business. Um, both of them fell prey to crack. And their lives went down the tube, but they came back. They found their way back. And faith was a part of that. But, you know, I'm not I'm not here, even though I am the official chaplain of the Alabama Politics This Week podcast. I'm not here preaching. What weird. I am that saying, didn't fall to me. Weird. <laughs> what I am saying is uh, however one finds their way back, whether it's through faith or some other mechanism, people can make it back. And people can, many of those who make it back, if we if we create the right support system and if they have a good family system around them, not only can they make it back, but Jay Gregory, they can do exactly what you're doing, you know, which is contribute to society in ways that will pay off in, in the long term, as Josh was uh, suggesting. So I want to thank you for the work you're doing, man, and encourage you and affirm you to keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, and I want to also thank Daniel for mm-hmm. seeing in you 
the ability to make this tremendous contribution that you're making. And thank you so much. For- I would have to be blind, but anyhow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it is. It, it, everything you said is true, and it's uh, it's it's great work y'all are doing. You know, I said before we came on, I, I don't know how you you manage to to keep banging your head against the wall every day, uh, other than it's you know just the just the money, just the extreme amounts of money that we're all making doing this uh, <laughs> head banging. Uh, but it's, um, I mean, really, and I, I think everybody knows I'm being sarcastic about that. Uh, but uh, it, it is what you're doing is 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 good work. And, and, and I hope, I hope that uh, that the good intentions, uh, you know, every now and then, good intentions uh, slip past the uh, the Alabama State Legislature that's typically there to block it like a goalie. So maybe this one, uh, maybe this one slides through there, and and you guys get get the bill passed. But I, we really appreciate you coming on and and taking the time, and uh, and maybe we can get some folks to to call up uh, the to their state senators and uh, and and get this thing moving. Right. Thanks for having us. Yes, sir. Yeah, Thank glad you guys. to have you with us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, David and Josh. Appreciate this opportunity to talk about uh, Senate Bill 118 and, and the work we're doing to help try to really highlight the importance of second chance. Thank you. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. If you wouldn't mind, uh, go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice rating and review, or maybe not even a nice one, just a rating and a review. Uh, Just let us know what you think about the podcast. And uh, we've gotten to where we read some of these reviews on the air because some of them are uh, pretty funny and uh, clever. So be funny, clever, and you'll get your uh, review read on the air. And uh, the rating helps us out a little bit as well. So if you don't mind, leave us a nice rating and a review or terrible rating and a review, whatever you'd like to do. However you feel about the podcast, we appreciate your your input. And uh, thanks for listening as always.